Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Mojo Market Report here on a Thursday. Week 5 is here, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe we're saying that already. I mean, I'm going to keep saying that until I'm blue in the face on how disappointed I am, how fast the NFL season is moving. It is Dave Sturchio. It is Chris Gucci, A5 Anthony behind the glass here at Chop Studios. And we got a good one just like yesterday. Yesterday delivered. We had a, a lot of nice positive feedback from yesterday's show via the old school, uh, new school comparisons. And we're going to be doing that midweek going forward. I think it's a really cool idea. There's nothing that I enjoy more than, you know, talking a little bit old school football because that's when they Dave were Dave is the king of the get off my lawn. <laughs> you will find out I soon am not, enough. I am not a get off my lawn guy. I, I just, I simply say that and I, I can't you like. Teeter, you teeter on the get off my I, lawn. Um, all right, whatever. Maybe I do. But I, listen, I like the old school mentality. I do Obviously too. the I'm players giving, are, the players are well time. more athletic nowadays, bigger, stronger, faster, right? That, that's a, that's a thing. Everybody knows that. So I'm not. It is what it is. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this week we've been covering, or pretty much the last two and a half weeks, we've been covering on the day-to-day when it comes to the Mojo Market Report and how these guys are climbing up, how they're falling down, uh, go go long, go short, the multipliers, everything like that. Uh, we've been educating you guys as we go. But now, being that we're four weeks in, four weeks equals a month, right? Technically, right? I mean, that's, It does. That is. That's just calendar, right? That's just the world. <laughs> so anyway, the month is kind of over as we head into week five. So it's kind of start to look like we could start looking at some trends. We have some trends now that we could kind of dissect that we haven't had the options to do previously. So I'm excited about well, here that. Here we are. And we're going to get into some monthly trends here with some of the month's top movers. Not all of them, because it is a little bit layered. And not all guys are worthy of a conversation. But the guys that we're going to talk about, I think, are very prevalent. And maybe there could be a lot of people already invested in these guys. And if not, I don't think it's... For guys that have gone up already, I don't think it's time to say, oh, I missed the boat on that, because no. we'll talk about it. There's yeah. a lot to be a lot to be earned here. 100%. 100%. And, and like I said, and I want to specify this, because I know I've been hammering home the multipliers, and like everybody, just go multiply everybody. There is some risk involved, okay? Like, let's not, like, every player that I've ever said to go invest in, they will have bad games. And if you have a bad game with a multiplier, that could mean bad things. So I just want to preface that before anything else, because, again, I will probably tell you to slap some multipliers on some of these longer-term plays throughout the course of this show. But, again, just tread lightly. Be careful. Be weary. You know, it's it's, it's not always a guarantee, obviously. All right, so we start with one uh, that I, you know, I don't really enjoy talking about this guy, but I am an investor in this guy, and that's Jalen Hurts. Over the first month of the season, the kid is lighting it up for the Philadelphia Eagles. The most important stat of all, the Eagles are 4-0. So they're going into another game coming up this week against the Cardinals. We'll, we'll touch more on that tomorrow. Uh, and then they got the Cowboys after that. So maybe a little bit more of a non-relaxed schedule. Um, they've played some teams. They've played. They, they've won some games kind of outright. There was nothing, you know, wasn't close. And then there's some games where they were like, they were behind, like last week against the Jaguars. But a guy like Jalen Hurts hasn't really kind of weathered, uh, not weathered. He hasn't, had, he hasn't had any tough situations to deal with <laughs> That's th- <it>. thus far <laughs> so. in his in the season. The Eagles are rolling. They've gotten out to an early lead in three of their four games. The first three weeks, they were, it was the tale of two halves. They played dynamite in the first half and in the second half. It's a combination of adjustments being made by the defense. Mm. Don't want to take all the credit away. But it's also the Eagles are up 40, 30 points. There's no reason to keep the foot on the gas. They kind of just 
tailed it back a little bit and ran the ball a lot more. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jalen Hurts, now just so everybody's aware, this is why he's on this upward swing. Game one, 243 yards. Game two, 333 yards. Game three, he upped it again. So three weeks in a row, he's up in his stats. And last week was kind of like the Miles Sanders show. So it kind of leveled off a little bit, as you can see on the, on the chart. Um, but look, man, he's got pretty much eight total touchdowns, four through the air, four on the ground. So the kid is actually, you know, he, he's providing a lot of offense for this Philadelphia Eagles team. He's got a 66% completion percentage. So he's hitting all these receivers. Like, what, to me, if you're over 60, that's a pretty pretty good game. And he's on his way to 70. So it's like it's he's having himself yeah, a fantastic knock, the start. The knock on Jalen Hurts has been that he's not a great passer. We don't really know whether he's a great passer or not because I think that's something that just gets stuck with some of these young quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts has proven that he can throw the ball. It could be the scheme. It's working. They're running the ball a lot more than I thought they were, mm. considering they're first in the NFL in explosive plays. I, I found that a little intriguing that they're running the ball at a 53% clip on the season. But then I look at it, and every one of their pass plays has gone for something big, it seems like, especially with Devontae Smith a couple weeks back. But Jalen Hurts has 53 rushing attempts this season. That's insane. I think that's the, the underlying factor here that people are overlooking. They're a run-first team. But when they're running the ball, Miles Sanders does have a lot of touches. I think it's in the 70s. But for a quarterback through four games, 54 attempts, he's averaging 12 carries a game, 50 yards a game, give or take. Right there, it's like those bonus points. That's a championship winner in fantasy football. There's a, a little trepidation because of what we talked about running the ball with Jalen Hurts. But that schedule going forward this year, I don't see anything possible that Jalen Hurts isn't going to keep on going on this rate. Like, they're going to keep throwing the ball. They got talented receivers. Their offensive line is playing all world right now. He's not getting chased around. It's all. Well, I was going to say. I was going to say those fifty three to fifty three, fifty three attempts. Yeah, fifty three attempts. I want to say seventy five percent to eighty percent of. I don't know the specific numbers, but you want to make a guess that those are designed runs. Like he's obviously sometimes flushed and then decides to run, and it wasn't really the you know the way you drew it up in, in uh, you know, on the street. But like what I say is is that. The Eagles are, and you already alluded to this, are a very run-heavy team. And if you can contribute to that running game, then then all you know, all power to you. It's really, and Jalen it's Hurts really has done like that. The schedule is so favorable going forward. They have the second, at the second easier, the, first, the easiest, the easiest they have schedule. The easiest there you go. Schedule in the NFL, at least going into the year, things change. But the Eagles, their crossover is the AFC South, mm -hmm. and they play their division. So yeah, no I mean, offense, but I, no, no I'm taking the NFC East is not. You know, historically within the last couple of years, been anything to really get worried about. And the AFC South is just a complete toss-up where the Jacksonville Jaguars could be in the conversation for division winners. So it's all up in the air. But Jalen Hurts is one of the top movers of the month. He's trending upward. Um, he is again, no guarantees. I'm sure there will be a dud here or there. But if you if you want to play the long, long game on him, this is the time to do it. And you didn't, like I said, like Chris alluded to before, you didn't miss the boat. Do it now. So um, moving on to a receiver over in Miami, and I'm not talking about Tyreek Hill. I'm talking about Jalen Waddle. Now, Jalen Waddle, the, the important thing to note is what was going to happen to his target share when they brought in Tyreek Hill, right? And what was going to happen to his target share when they brought in a McDaniel, a coach who was run heavy, right? So you're looking at this. He's got 35 targets in five games. The opportunities are there. He's averaging seven targets a game. So Tua, obviously up until this point, and then you have Teddy Bridgewater um, throwing him the ball and probably for the foreseeable couple of weeks, which, again, not the biggest drop-off in the world. Teddy Bridgewater is a serviceable quarterback. Um, his 35 targets is what really gets me going, but 21 catches, 381 yards, three touchdowns. 
he's benefiting from all of the changing parts. Like when you add a Tyreek Hill, that's the focal point. You got to know where the cheetah is at all times, right? And then when you add a McDaniel's a coach, he loves to run the ball. They got 15 running backs on there that can do work. So they have to stack the box a little bit. Waddle's going to get open. Waddle's one of the faster brothers of this uh, Speed Brothers, which, by the way, coin that. <laughs> I mean, come on. But anyway, you could have did a lot better, ESPN. Uh, but as far as that, he's one of the Speed Brothers, and, and he's fast. And you got to cover him. You got to cover him. Yeah, I'm looking at the target share, though, and it does stand out to me that he had 19 targets in, in week two. Uh, yeah, so that's another five, thing. You know, I want to see more consistency out of the, the, the target shares, but you're going to have games like that where the game script dictates it. They probably just doubled up on Tyreek Hill that game, but he did have 11 targets in that game, too. So they were just, that was a game they were down against Baltimore. A lot of throwing. No right. And that was uh, a historic comeback, and he was part of it. So, yeah. Definitely. So I'm a little worried about the target share and his snap count. It's a little lower than I thought it would be when I looked at it. You don't like seven a game? You don't like that? What, the, the targets? Part? No. Oh, okay. Not <laughs> I just I thought see, it was a nice number. Not when I see 19. I think that there's – last year he had over 100 catches. I think he was a little more involved target share-wise. But – there was no Tyreek Hill. You're going to see a lot of that. These guys exchanging big weeks because that's the nature of the sport. Teams are going to give give up something one game and then take it away the next, mm. and then someone else steps up. That's understandable. I'm still in on Jalen Waddle. Obviously, he's gone up. I want to just point out because if you had Tesla stock, let's just say when it was twenty five dollars, or you didn't, you 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 considered buying Tesla stock at twenty five dollars, mm. and then you were like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm not I'm not going to buy it. Right, and then you see it goes up to fifty dollars a month later, and you're like, "Damn it, I should have bought Tesla at twenty five because I would have doubled my money." And then you're like, "Well, now I missed out. You know, it's fifty dollars. I missed out on that hundred percent gain." Well, Tesla's sitting at two hundred and fifty dollars a share right now. <laughs> right. So, just because these guys go up, it doesn't mean that you miss a boat. He has right. a long career ahead of him. If you look at his future market projections, they're pretty lofty. So that's where you're gaining the value. I'm in on Jalen Waddle. I've been in on Jalen Waddle, and um, the target share thing is a little a little concerning to me. But with a young, talented player like that, and Tyreek Hill on the opposite side, it only makes sense. And it might be a typical a great buy low situation right now because two is hurt. Tunga Vailoa out this week, and I feel like the Dolphins' receivers are all on a down tick. You could probably. Um, cash in on that if you hold on for a little bit yeah uh, be patient with Jalen Waddle because that offense is going to be fun to watch the entire year and, and obviously the Tua situation he'll be back in a couple weeks I you really don't know exactly like obviously doctors could clear him but the Dolphins may actually kind of say like yeah hold on <laughs> you know like they, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day when it comes to Tua uh but Jalen Waddle I would I would strongly um get behind uh, uh this kid going forward Another uh, receiver who's kind of broke onto the scene within the last couple of weeks uh, plays for the New Orleans Saints. We saw him do some work over in jolly old London last week, and that's Chris Alave. This kid looks to be the real deal. He looks to be under the learning tree of a one-time, one, one of the best receivers in football, Michael Thomas. You know what I mean? Like the surroundings that he has on that team in particular, there's a lot to learn from. And when I look at him, he just had – Three targets in game one. So you're kind of like, oh, are they going to use him or, you know, or nah, you know, but all of a sudden within the last couple of weeks, it's jumped up back to back 13 target games, right? Seven in London and he scored. So again, my thoughts on Chris Olave is that, you know, I, I think that based off of James, James Winston, if he's the guy, he's going to eat. If Andy Dalton's the guy while James was hurt, he might 
settle back a little bit. Maybe that's why his targets were down a little bit last week. But Jameis Winston seems to like him early, um, and that's something that that could you know go a long way when it comes to investing. I think Chris Olave is the most talented player on that. Um, New Orleans Saints offense right now, and that's considering Michael Thomas. That's considering Alvin Kamara. I think Olave, wow. he has real potential in this league. A comparison to like a Marvin Harrison, Isaac Bruce type coming out, the guy probably is the best route runner in his class. I know that there's a lot of debate about that coming into the league with a lot of these guys, and there is some really talented wideouts, but Chris Olave might be the, the, the cut above all of them in terms of route running ability. He's a perfect fit for the Saints offense. He's a perfect fit in terms of stepping in for an injured Michael Thomas, who I think is going to be a thing all season long. Michael Thomas may never be completely healthy again in his entire career. It seems that way. And I'm not saying that because he's injury prone. I'm saying I just don't buy into Michael Thomas. I've been saying it for two years and I've been right. So I'm just I'm off on Michael Thomas. And because of how skittish I am on Thomas and Jarvis Landry dealing with the injury, Chris Olave is going to get the most targets in New Orleans in his rookie season. Week one, I don't worry about. It no. was his first game. Of course not. It makes sense. You give the rookie, you, you pull him back a little bit, but we see what he's capable of doing. As he keeps making plays for this offense, it's going to be impossible to deny him. I do worry a little bit about the respect he's going to start garnering from opposing defenses and how he adjusts. They might look at him as wide receiver one eventually. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And especially when Thomas is either hand, like kind of, not hurt, but like you know, just like, I, I he just doesn't deserve. He he's, wide he's not granting the, the attention anymore. Is, I think is he's Michael wide Thomas. receiver one already. You could I, put Chris Olave on, on that long list of young receivers that I'm interested in investing in. And before it's too late, it's never really too late. But getting on Olave now because I don't think he's gonna start. He's gonna stop playing well. Yeah. So Olave is one to watch going forward as the Saints. Uh, I almost I must just say go marching. I mean, it, it just it's there. The layups are there, and I just, as the Saints go marching forward in 2022, I might as well just take it, right? It was yeah, you, you started it. You gotta, you I, know, I was stuck. Foot in the door, bro. <laughs> so, look, there are guys that are trending upward throughout the course of this first month of football. However, on the flip side of that coin, there are guys that we kind of, you know, chose today to say, like, wait, weren't these guys supposed to be, like, big, 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 right? And we're starting with a Washington Commanders receiver. I know a lot of people were in on scary Terry McLaurin. Over the last month, no bueno. It's not been good, and it's been tough sledding for the Commanders to get going in some regard. Now, look, the Commanders, they put out a hype video for our boy yesterday, Brian Robinson. That stock went up. We kind of told you so, but like we kind of literally simultaneously said to go get in on Brian Robinson as the announcement came that he's back on a practice field, and Washington started hyping him up. Um, but Terry McLaurin... 27 targets, one touchdown. Uh, his best game was against Philly. Um, and, and that game, the Washington Commanders didn't do well at all. I think they scored eight points. You know what I mean? So it, it's not like he, he's, he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Last week against Dallas, the clamps were put on him again by Trayvon Diggs. Uh, six targets, two catches, 15 yards. Chris, besides the obvious of a Carson Wentz being your quarterback, what's wrong with Scary Terry? All right. I don't think there's anything wrong with Scary Terry, the player. I think there's a couple factors that are contributing here to the reason why he's not playing as well as you would expect. He's 18% a month. It's a lot. Yeah, he's it's down 18%. I think there's a combination of the emergence of a one Jahan Dotson in the red zone. Mm -hmm. He's been eating a lot That's down true. low. And then there's the emergence or the, the health, really, of Curtis Samuel, who's been able to stay in there. Swiss Army knife himself. For the first four games. Yeah. And Carson Wentz, I don't think Carson Wentz is the issue in the past game right now. I think the offensive line is... You look at the Eagles game where they got shut down, basically. It was nine sacks. And then Dallas game, maybe they had a lot more of the same, where they were just Carson Wentz running for his life. I'm looking at McLaurin, though, 
And um, the Reds, uh, the Commanders are third in passing attempts as a team. So with that fact, he's getting 98% of snaps. So he's playing. or he's 96% on the field. He's of snaps. on the field. He's on the field. He's the guy that's on the field more often than How any other receiver. How are they not receiver. looking at him more? But I he's think he's, to be this- he's clearly the most talented guy on that offense. And then you see think. the emergence of a Jahan Dotson. You see the emergence of a Curtis Samuel. As these guys garner more respect, it might open things up for Terry McLaurin. He's proven through three seasons he's had 200 or more fantasy points all three years in PPR leagues. I'm, I'm going fantasy route so I could make the people understand how consistent this guy has been. How many rookies scored 200 points as a on the commanders with Tyler Heineke playing quarterback? He hasn't had any quarterbacks. Carson Wentz is the most talented quarterback that he's played with in his career. I'm, I'm not worried. The pedigree is there. The guy has played above his head up to this point in his career. I'm not going to have one bad month where if you actually look at it, it's not really that bad. It's not bad considering I'm so, one month of I'm football. I'm seeing a, uh, a nice little dip. <laughs> no, no, look at the dip. I'm talking about look at his numbers. Look at look at the sure. target shares. Look at things like that. And it's not as bad as you would think. Game script didn't allow for it in certain cases because Carson Wentz has been running for his life. Right. I'm not out on Terry McLaurin just yet. In fact, I'm not necessarily in on him either. But if you are one of those guys that are – Seeking to buy low, I think this is a classic case on buy low on Terry because I think he eventually fixes this. He's too good of a player. Okay. Well, he's got hope in Terry. I do not. As long as Carson Wentz is under center, I don't like any of those guys over there. I mean, obviously, you're going to get a couple splash plays, and we've seen them. We've, Carson Wentz is a capable quarterback. It's just his consistency. It's and let's, just junk. See, let's see what the addition of a Brian Robinson could possibly do to this offense. Correct. And you might have to respect the run a little bit more, which will open up the pass. Absolutely. That's a, that's a thing. Um, all right. Now there was a guy that the New York jets had signed over the off season. And everybody was like, wow, they finally, finally, finally got a tight end. They finally got one. And his name is CJ Azuma, right? Check his contract right now. Let's check his contract. It's might be null and void (laughs) because it's been that bad, um, over there for CJ. Ready for this? He's only played, played, suited up, played three out of the four games. Um, guys, and, and this is not a made-up stat. He's got one target. Uno. One. Like, there's only one target to go to C.J. Azuma. And when you look at this, the emergence of Zach Wilson now back in the offense. And I kept saying for for all these young quarterbacks or even inexperienced or even the older quarterbacks, it's a weird situation. Like if you're a backup quarterback and I've said this a million times, so if you heard this, don't stop me because I'm going to say it anyway. You've, you've, you've seen the emergence of when there was a rookie quarterback or there's a backup quarterback, your safety net is your tight end. The issue is with CJ is that Conklin has become that tight end. That's reliable. So now all of a sudden you've lost your spot. You're not a starter anymore. So it's alarming to see a guy like this who was touted as, the, the savior of the tight end room because the Jets historically, Kyle Brady, has never been able to land a good tight end. And it's crazy that that that's the one bugaboo position for this team that they haven't been able to address and achieve success. Conklin is seeing some success. CJ, you might see some bench. Like that's, so, that's yeah, bad. This, I, I brought him into the fold here today because I wanted to, to highlight what happens to a player, whether it be a star player or a mediocre player like you would consider CJ Uzama. I think he's a little above average last season. I think season. so too. Last um, yeah. He had some splash plays for a team. Played he went, made Bowl. a deep playoff run, obviously. And then he came into the Jets. They signed him to a three-year, I just checked this, three-year $24 million deal. That's a, not a small deal for a tight end. And they guaranteed him $15 million. So it's it means that he's just not performing in, in practice because you're paying that guy to be the starter. There's no doubt about it. He hasn't, got, he hasn't done it. 
he came into camp and he was like gung ho about Zach Wilson. That that whole story broke about Zach Wilson's uh, yeah. personal life. Uh-huh. And CJ Ozama was making T-shirts. He was and he was like, "Oh, this guy's a jet. This guy's like fans loved him. He was interactive and everything." And I was like, "Oh, this guy might you know." I actually pegged him as somebody I might be interested in in fantasy circles. Thank God I didn't because <laughs> uh, he has, like you said, one target on the season. You get your spot ran, and this is what happens because they didn't really have future market expectations that were too lofty for Uzoma. Ozuma. Yes, I do that every time. Yeah, me too. But when they signed up to the contract, that probably, you know, put some shine on it a little bit and said, hey, the Jets believe in this kid. They have a young, talented offense, mm-hmm. and we could see some potential down the line for him. He took that and he threw it right down the drain because. You see, he's it dropped, bottomed out. He's dropped f- almost half of what he was worth already. And this is a 46% a, drop in the last month. When we're talking about, there is no guarantees here. So when we're saying bye, 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 when we say bye, it might be short, 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 short. Correct. Because you can make money on shorting players, and it's opposite day when we're shorting. There's no inherent risk. You don't have to p- call, put, all that stuff. It's literally... If he does bad and you short the player, you make that money the same way you would if he did good and you went long. So... I'm not saying to go long on CJ. I'm saying stay the hell away from him. Um, <laughs> but it's a good indicator as to what could happen. I just wanted to bring him up to highlight the risk that comes along with playing the market a little bit. Yeah. Well, there is risk indeed. So hopefully within the first month of Mojo, um, I believe it's been active for three of the first four weeks, right? So hopefully you guys have made some money. Uh, I know I have. My brother shot me a text today. He was so pumped, <laughs> like a screenshot of his portfolio with the let's go, you know, because he saw what he's, you know, he's I've listening been, to the show. I've he's been dabbling <laughs> left, right, center a little bit week by week. But I haven't exactly like loaded my portfolio yet because I I haven't I'm, either. I'm I've the type kinda... that's like I need to take it all in first. It's mm-hmm. a it's it's a financial decision, so I do my due diligence on it. And what I'm coming up with is pretty decent. I feel like so as I make my investments, I'm targeting certain players. We'll talk about my portfolio maybe when we get to that point. But it's I'm learning a lot, and this is a very fun, very fun concept. It's like my fantasy. This is how you know me and me and Chris are complete opposites because he's like, I'll wait until it's all solidified and everything's like tight and buttoned up and all this research is done. I'm out there sharing screenshots every day. I'm like, look at me go. (laughs) I'm so excited. They're coming, boys and girls. Yeah, no, listen. And you know what though? Look, let's call it. Every inkling he has, every feeling he has, we share in office, right? (laughs) So it's like, oh yeah, is that what you? Okay. I'm like, I'm over there. I'm buying. So let's. Tread lightly, but go cash. I know Romeo Dobbs you could just get in on now. I'm going to keep it. on saying Do that. It. Oh, no, Christian Watson, too, who has been compared now by Rogers to a Devontae Adams. Fair. Good point. Oh, great, yeah, point. great point. Great point, Hey, Aaron. I'm all about it. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I'm not, not to hijack the segment here, boys and girls, but Aaron <laughs> Rodgers did say the other day that, you know, like, it would be a factor if these two young receivers emerge. Would it keep him playing a little bit longer? Oh, here we hey, go. Great. That, Aaron, uh, watch. Those projections up a little bit for Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. He plays four more seasons than one. Which, by the way, he's got a plenty of banked value. So the, the, the play on Rodgers is a multiplier play. All right? He's just like a Tom Brady where the percentages will move ever so slightly. Uh, but if you put a multiplier on him, you'll see it. You'll see a game. Stat, fun or stat. he'll throw another pick six. And it'll F- fun stat. Fun stat. Uh-huh. So the Eagles are number fun one in explosive plays. Which team do you think is number two in explosive ah, plays. Over here. Uh, the Packers. Yes, and that would that would be surprising to most, but that running game is really cooking right now. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speaking of running games, we got a Thursday night football game to play tonight, and there is no running games because both starting running backs are out. Javante Williams tears his ACL, gone for the year, and of course we saw the indicator yesterday that um, Jonathan Taylor was ruled out. So now it's the battle of the 
the backup running backs here tonight between the Colts and the Broncos. Sidebar, side note, shout out to Amazon Prime for the uh, the graphic previewing this game. Jonathan Taylor is on the left. Javante Williams. No, no, no. Jonathan Taylor on the left. Russ Wilson on the right. Anybody see a trend? Matt Ryan's playing in this game. How about you put 28 to 3 right there on the graphic? Oh my God. The digs at this guy. Like, let it go, man. Let him let him live. The 28-3 thing is over. It's way beyond past time. Anyway, I thought I'd bring that up because I think it was funny. But when you look at this game, who's going to get the ball? You know, like you look at the Colts right off the rip. You're thinking, is it high in season? Because his stock went up throughout the course of this week just based off the availability. But there's another guy in that room that we might know that's actually played for the Broncos, right? Are we are we a looking little, at Philip Lindsay? Philip Lindsay action, yeah. Is he getting? Um, do you think he's going to get any? Right? Does he see up? I'm, like a, <laughs> I'm in a dynasty league. I am a proud owner of of Jonathan Taylor, and oh. I was stuck in a tough situation because my backup running backs aren't good. And <laughs> did you mend the side? Did you uh, did you uh, mean to send that trade to Dalton of Mojo yesterday? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you were texting the wrong guy. I was no, like, no, are you no, talking no, fantasy? No, no. Right I now? sent him a trade because I <laughs> I read one of his articles talking about Kyle Phenomenal Pitts. Phenomenal stuff on Mojo.com, and by the way. And he was talking about Kyle Pitts and how he's the number one um, Dynasty League player that he would target out of everybody. Number one, Kyle Pitts. And he said, always invest in first-round picks if you can. Well, in this case, it was a trade a first-round pick next year for Kyle Pitts. So it was like breaking one of his rules while applying one of his rules. <laughs> I like and it. I thought I would get his insight on it. So, like Dalton, it, like when, it. You, when you watch this, hit me up, dog. <laughs> and um, where were we, though? The, yeah, the running so the, game. The running uh, Philip game. Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay is the guy that I would I would look to in this one. I think Naheem Hines. I don't know enough about it. Was it Deion James was his name? The uh, Deion James. He played for the Yankees. Not Deion. <laughs> he did. He did, right? What a throwback Jones. There. There's a guy that's... There's listen stepping up and, and right. maybe getting some carries, but we haven't seen him in the NFL yet. I know Philip Lindsay's a proven commodity. The thing that scares me though is that Indianapolis Colts offensive line, while they're the highest paid unit in football, they have not gotten it done this year. And if you're looking at a team like the Broncos, they just got embarrassed in the on the ground. You know, Josh Jacobs tore them apart. And going into that game, they were really ranked high in terms of adjusted line yards for the defensive line. They lost a, a smash-mouth football battle mm -hmm. to the Raiders. And I feel and that's like, very un-Bronco-like. That's very un-Bronco-like. I feel like the Colts offensive line in this one and the Denver Broncos defensive line are both reeling. And it's very interesting to see which one is going to actually step up and play what the way they're capable of playing. I lean towards the home team in this one. I haven't seen much out of the Colts yet. There's no respect for their receiving uh, core at this point, is Michael it me or has the Broncos been prime time three out of four weeks? Yeah, they have been. Like, is it all because they got Russ? <laughs> like, they're yes, like yes. the new look Broncos on and Thursday you, night, on Monday night, on Sunday night. In these games, it's it's kind of pointing to the reason why I'm very leery on on investing in running backs because Javante Williams, you know me, yeah, you know Javante's been my he's guy. been your guy. Yeah. I love North Carolina and fo college football. Javante, I followed him. That's why I talk about Michael Carter at length. Uh -huh. These are my guys. Um, and I was all in on Javante. Some of his advanced metric stats were like yards after contact. He was tops in the league, better than Jonathan Taylor last year. And then their injury happens, and it's just like he has no value whatsoever now for a full year. Do you or do you um, entertain the long-term play on a Melvin Gordon? I know he's aged a little bit. I know he's going to get the rock a lot more, obviously. They got Boone. They signed Latavius Murray off the practice squad of the Saints, which, by the way, heist job. Heist job. Like, 
shout out to the Saints for not doing their due diligence after he actually ran the ball pretty well. I understand that Kamara is going to be back and they have Mark Ingram and everything like that. But shout out to the Saints for just not elevating him like full time. He went right back to the practice squad and Raiders were like, I mean, the Broncos were like, thank you. So I also, now I also that's going to be a jumble back. I also think that there might have been a little bit of a, a respect thing given to Latavius Murray because the Saints and him have a very good standing relationship. He's been on them like eight times. <laughs> Whenever they need like a bat, right, yeah. I'm sure he'll be back this year. Right. Like Denver <laughs> At some him. point, yep. Or... Yeah, Denver. Yeah, when Denver cuts him. <laughs> but yeah, Latavius Murray, I'm, I don't think he's going to steal any carries from anybody right away. No. Um, and I do think Melvin Gordon's going to have a solid year, but I worry, man. He's he's getting up there in age, and Denver's struggling to move the football as it is right now. The only team that's struggling to move the football more than Denver is probably the Colts. Right. The only metric that the Colts are better than Denver. got a banger here on Thursday night, boys. <laughs> the only metric that the Colts are better offensively than Denver is red zone offense, and that's largely contributed to Nathaniel Hackett's play calling and mm. the fumbles at the goal line in week one. You know, Yeah, totally, totally. One more question about the Colts in particular because okay. um, obviously the running game is just a jumble thing and you can invest in Hines or you know whatever the case may be. I got to know about their pass catchers, okay? okay? Specifically more about the receivers. We haven't seen much out of Pittman yet. You know what I mean? And, and this kid was, came broke onto the scene last year. Do you think he finally gets it going tonight? Like, I mean, look. We we realize that both running games are are playing with with you know house money at this point like backups we don't know what we're going to see out of it. Does Matt Ryan put the ball in the air and if he does, is going to be Michael Pittman season one more time one more time? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's very alarming, right? Even Alec Pierce is getting involved. I think so I think Michael Pittman is still dealing with a little bit of a nagging injury. It okay. looks like that to me. Mm -hmm. Plus, when you can't get the run game going, and that's what the Colts are built on, nothing is going to work. This is true. You know, the minute the minute Matt Ryan, if you're having third and long situations on the Colts, you, that's not a good spot for Matt Ryan to be in, in on any team. I don't care what the weapons are like, and the offensive line is failing. So third and long, the defense knows what's happening. They get to peel their ears back. That's what's happening with the Colts pass catchers. If you look at week two, they didn't even play. None of them. Yeah, it was none of them. They didn't have anybody. So you throw that game away. You want to give the Colts a pass because of things like they've dealt with a lot. And they have been a team in the past that has sucked early, and they turned it right around and, and challenged for playoff spots. I think that they have the capability to do that this year. No Jonathan Taylor this week. It could be a, a, the time where the offensive line uses this moment to rally together and say, you know what, we have to step up now. Yeah, We're not living up to the billing. We're getting paid $40 million I mean, Quentin Nelson, to me, is the best guard in football. Oh, well, he you know sure I mean? was, but guess what? Now He's it's not Zach Martin. right now. He's not right now, and that's just the way it is. But, yeah, I'm – I do still like a lot of their pass catchers. I'm still not completely out, but I'm going to wait on the Colts. I got to see more. No doubt about it. All Same. Right. Both teams. Their offenses are just a, a mess right now. All right. Well, the game goes down tonight. We'll talk about their top movers tomorrow. See who actually comes out of this thing victorious. Obviously, that's the name of the game. But here on the Mojo Market Report, the name of the game is obviously to make some money on the short term. So check out the Corlin depth chart. Sutton, Jerry Judy. I today. was just going to say it might be time for Russ to cook a little bit. I know it's. It's been a couple games where people are just kind of eh, iffy on them. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And tomorrow, obviously, just like last week and the week before, we'll pick some games to preview um, as far as what to watch for going forward. Um, and, yeah, that'll, that'll do it today for another episode of the Mojo Market Report. So for Dave Sturchio and, of course, Chris Gucci right here at Chop Studios, we hope you enjoy the football. We hope you enjoy the trends. Keep your eyes open for all those extracurriculars when it comes to Mojo. And I'm talking about all the multipliers these guys are offering each and every day. Keep the emails open. Keep your eye on Twitter. Everything these guys have to offer, keep your eyes on that. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Romeo Dobbs. Get him. <laughs> Not even a game. <laughs>